Today's scripture reading is from Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Deuteronomy 5, 12. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your ox, your donkey or any of your animals, nor the alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Okay, nice to see everybody. I trust that uh, you've given some time and reflection to the past uh, Sunday's message delivered by Pastor Terry. Uh, I hope you meditated upon God's power, anticipating a new, refreshing, and transformative work uh, that is ahead. Um, may we see God rising up and scattering his enemies before us. Uh, for the remainder of the Sundays in November, I was desirous to uh, share messages related to uh, Thanksgiving themes. Thanksgiving, uh, maybe contentment, gratitude, abundance. Um, of course, a fuller understanding um, of these topics will entail uh, further contemplation on our part, trusting God, slowing down, and counting our blessings. So that led me to, uh, for today, consider an insight um, I got from a book that I've been re recently reading. It's called The Rest of God. The Rest of God. It's by, uh, uh, written by Mark Buchanan. Uh, the author's main focus is uh, about restoring our souls by restoring uh, Sabbath, restoring the observance, the practice of Sabbath, uh, Sabbath day in our lives. In one section of the book, he focuses on um, the Sabbath command itself uh, found within the Ten Commandments, right? It's one of the Ten Commandments. Um, uh, and uh, they were given formally in two uh, biblical locations, uh, both of which were just read aloud uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, Exodus 20 might be considered the original, um, pronounced on Mount Sinai, while the uh, Deuteronomy passage is uh, a restatement or a repeat um, of that law. The name Deuteronomy literally means the second law, right? Deuteronomus, right? Do second law or the law once over. Um, so it's Moses' teaching of the law uh, that he received on Mount Sinai to a new generation of Israelites before they would enter the promised land. 
since the Exodus generation, they perished right, in the wilderness due to their unbelief. Uh, the command proper to sanctify the seventh day of the week unto the Lord by not working, it's the same in both biblical passages, right? Both Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. It says the same thing regarding the command itself. God instructs the Israelites to labor for six days, but on the seventh they are to refrain from working. More than just a work cessation, uh, it was to be, the day was to be consecrated, a day set aside as holy to the Lord, right? It was reserved, in other words, for God. It's kind of like how married couples, right, they kind of have a date night, and you're not supposed to disturb them, you're not, no other priorities take over, or like a family dinner, like turn the phones off, you know, just, just family, food, conversation, or even like sacrosanct trips to the mountain cabin or cemetery visits. It's a day cordoned off from the usual hustle and bustle of life. Somebody wittily described Sabbath as snow day, <laughs> snow day, um, or you don't have to go to work or school. You get the whole day off to do stuff which you enjoy and which restore you. But of course, with God uh, on your mind and heart. Though God uh, literally owns everything, the Sabbath day is a day that especially belongs to God, when we should center not on the regular demands and activities of life, but on the Lord who creates us and loves us. It's a prioritization of our relationship with God. So God, reigning supreme above all other responsibilities, interests, and, and needs. And now the Sabbath was to be observed, uh, no matter the circumstances, in war or peace, in bull markets, bear markets, in sickness, in health. It was to hold primacy over any person, any place, or any situation. It's a deliberate act of the person observing Sabbath with an act of trust in God, right? Even when uh, not working or not striving, not making progress in whatever endeavor you are, that could spell detriment or even catastrophe to what you're doing. It's to say, I trust God that he's going to at least watch over this one day without me having to contribute, without me having to worry, without me having to act, right? It's to give us that kind of reprieve. A regular and authentic Sabbath is our confession that we believe God is in ultimate control and that we are not governed by our efforts, by our plans, or by our anxieties. In my mind, it's actually a, a brilliant way for us to show God, show each other, show ourselves that we really believe that God is watching over us and committed to taking care of us. So that's the Sabbath, right? Familiar with it, I'm not sure we're good at it, right? But it's clear uh, what God wants and the command, the contours of the command. But as I hope you may have noticed, uh, although the two versions of the Sabbath 
uh, in Exodus and Deuteronomy, respectively. They're nearly identical. They differ in what I'm calling the rationale provided as to why the Sabbath is important, why the Sabbath is beneficial uh, to humanity. I tried to make my title reflect these explanatory reasonings given in Exodus and Deuteronomy. I'm calling it Sabbath logic. What's the logic of the Exodus rendering when it talks about why we need the Sabbath? What does it say? How does that compare to what uh, Moses says and was written down in uh, Deuteronomy, right? What is the reason why the Sabbath should be practiced other than it is commanded by God? So we'll start with Exodus. The Sabbath logic in the book of Exodus is grounded in creation, creation of the world. As narrated in Genesis 1, God created the world in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Thereby, he made the seventh day unique. He set it apart. He blessed it. It became holy, as in dedicated especially uh, for God. So uh, in obedience of the command, we can learn quite a bit from the model set before us by God. So Sabbath keeping in its like fundamental form, it relates to imitating, imitating the divine example and then experiencing that blessing. When God blessed the seventh day, as it says, that experience, that blessed experience uh, can be ours. Okay, and God in his omnipotence does not need rest, right? It's not like he gets tired. Jesus tells us in John 5 that his father is always working to this day. So God doesn't need a Sabbath. He doesn't need a sabbatical because he is the creator and designer of everything, of all this. But we do. We definitely do. We need rest. For us, rest is indispensable. Even though we tend to believe we do not need it, we, we probably need rest most of all uh, among God's creatures, like animals and plants. I don't think they employ much, if at all, mental energy. Most of their behavior is instinctual and conditioned. Humans, on the other hand, uh, we uh, use our energies not only in physical activity, but with mental and psychological expenditures. In fact, many of us, I think, in the modern world, consume more mental right, than physical energy in a given day. Because we push ourselves physically, mentally, without rest, without restoration, without renewal, we will break, we will crash and burn. Or at least we'll be lesser versions of ourselves. Uh, it's kind of like how sleep eventually catches up with you, right? With me. Um, sleep is tied into uh, so much of our ongoing health, so much of our restoration. Without sleep, right, we will all eventually die. Without the proper amount of sleep, or the proper timing, um, our qualities of life go majorly uh, downhill. So I was speaking at a retreat last weekend and I talked about, or thought about uh, kind of my college days where it was kind of a, a badge of honor not to sleep, right? I, I told them that if your GPA 
is okay. You, no, you, your the number of hours you sleep in any given night should be less than your GPA. I think that's what I told them, right? So if you have a high GPA, sleep more. If it's low, study more. That kind of thing. I actually. Uh, my dad told me this story when he was trying to like get me to study in high school. He said that when he was younger or in the olden days when they all had long hair, like made ponytails and stuff like that, they would tie it to like their, the rafters of their house so that as, a, as somebody is studying, like when you fall asleep and your head nods, the pain of the ponytail jerking your, your skull back or your scalp back would wake you up and then you would study again. But uh, that was uh, my dad. I think my dad was trying to hint that he did something like that when he was in my age. But I heard this is that's like an old Chinese proverb that, proverb that goes back hundreds of years. So I think my dad was just kind of taking advantage of that, right? My to my uh, in college, my toothpaste version of that was I go, hey, after I brush my teeth, my mouth is really alive. So I decided to put toothpaste on my eyes, and I burned my eyes almost. I had to go to the hospital anyway. Uh, you got to respect sleep is the point. Respect sleep, right? God built that into our lives. And you have to respect rest. God has built that into our lives as well, right? And we may run around thinking that we don't need it. We may have succeeded like big time as a result of sacrificing sleep or eschewing rest. But in the end, it catches up to us, right? In the end, without Sabbath, Right? Something is, I think, gravely missing. Something is uh, uh, awry. Something is messed up. Something is broken uh, in our lives. Right? That's what we're going to try to get to through this Sabbath logic. So God, uh, both knowing uh, our needs and also our heedless, ambitious ways, he took the initiative. Right? From creation, he built in this imperative that we take a day off. So to live how God wants us to live requires more than just dropping off each day due to sheer exhaustion. It has to be an intentional choice to benefit from the physical, mental, spiritual uh, rest that God wants us to practice at least every seven days, right? At least. Uh, and God memori memorializes this by setting the example. He worked for six, the first work week in all of history. God worked six weeks, six days, and then he stopped. He took time to reflect on his handiwork to see that it was all uh, very good. And so that is what we're supposed to do at a minimum during our Sabbath times. We're to reflect on God and his work. We're to commune with him, right, like in this worship experience. We draw closer to him, yeah. That is the true purpose of Exodus, right? This, the commands were given just after the Exodus uh, occurred, right? God wanted to liberate his people, let my people go, uh, so that what? They could freely worship him on the mountain. So the goal of Exodus was not just to escape slavery, but to experience uh, true Sabbath. I think one of the most important things, the acknowledgments or, or lessons or blessings that we get every time that we emulate God via Sabbath rest, uh, we are actually reminding ourselves that we are not God. Right? So it's funny, right? In the imitation of God, taking the seventh day to rest, we learn what? We are not God. It's like Pastor Terry said, uh, God is God and we are 
not. Uh, if we really are like God and following the Sabbath principle, we realize at least one seventh of the time that we really are not like God. We get tired, we get cranky, we get broken, we are restless, we are so anxious. Again, as Mark Buchanan puts it, we imitate God so that we stop trying to be God. I mean, that's worth the price of admission for the seventh day. If I, I can actually realize one seventh of my life, right, that I am not God, that I, I got to stop trying to be God, right? There's no way that I'm going to catch up to him, right? I'm not God to myself. I'm not God to my family. I'm not God to my friends. I'm not God to my church. That I'm just, you know, a, a, a broken human being given the grace of God. I mean, that's golden, right? If we can just have that, I think life would be so much better. At least my life uh, would be. Uh, as we mirror divine behavior, we discover our human limitations. Sabbath keeping reveals our weaknesses, right? It reveals our smallness. It reveals our finitude. So God commands that we imitate him in order to discover again and again that we are not him and that we need him right so that's exodus now in deuteronomy in a slight but noticeable difference the Deuteron deuteronomic version of the decalogue establishes the importance as a contrast to their bondage experience in egypt right contrast so let's look at verse 15 again remember that you were uh, slaves in egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So the Sabbath logic of Exodus was in creation. The Sabbath logic of Deuteronomy is actually back with respect to the, um, slavery, the slavish experience in Egypt. So Exodus looks up, Deuteronomy looks back. Exodus gives a theological rationale for rest and Deuteronomy a historical context. One evokes God's character, the other his redemptive acts. So the Israelites, they were slaves in Egypt and were delivered from a life under the tyranny of the Egyptian Pharaoh and brought into a vibrant relationship with God. So because of God's mighty work rescuing Israel and vanquishing Egypt, the Israelites were commanded to observe the Sabbath day. So Sabbath was to also remind them, what? That they were not God, and we talked about that, but they were also not slaves. Right? So, you know, human life, we're trying to figure out what it's about, who we are, we're trying to figure out identity, we're trying to figure out purpose, right? So, to have the hubris, to have the uh, overweening pride that I can be like God, I can control a lot, right? Sabbath kind of cures us, if you will, of that kind of mm, baseless pride. But on the other end, Sabbath also elevates us, it dignifies us, it ennobles us, and says that we are no longer slaves. Right? We're no longer under the thumb of one silly man that thinks that he is he himself is God. Right? That Pharaoh and his minions, Pharaoh and his taskmasters, 
they don't control us, right? God elevated us. We are his treasured position. We belong to him. And so we no longer need to act like slaves. We no longer need to submit to the things of the world and the people of the world in that kind of subordinate fashion. We only need to worship God. Like it really places us in the perfect place, right? It keeps us from like, you know, overstepping, but it keeps us from undermining what uh, the Lord has done. So the logic of the Sabbath command in Deuteronomy is don't ever be enslaved again by anyone or anything. Don't place upon yourself the yoke that God himself removed. So when we refuse to properly rest, when we refuse uh, the gift of Sabbath, what does that mean? Usually that means we're running around acting like, like slaves. We're submitting to those taskmasters once again. They're Egyptian foremen in different garb. We strive and toil as though we had no choice, as if we would be punished otherwise. Right? So God wanted us to live in freedom that he won for us with his outstretched arm. But when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, they had no choice in the matter. They were forced to labor against their will. Their choice was made uh, for them. Right? Now, of course, you know, uh, we, we get to choose our jobs. We get to do things that, you know, it, it, it's not, you know, we get remuneration, we get compensation, all that. I understand the economics of it. But if we look at the practical the demands and pressures and actions and choices and feelings of our life, like right? the great resignation. Basically, people saying, I don't want to be work for this company or this, this job anymore because it is killing me. It is like, you know, there are taskmasters in my life, right? Um, we're supposed to rest. We're supposed to uh, appropriately rest. But when we don't, when we don't, that means that, you know, we have empowered, we've chosen new taskmasters, right? They may not whip us, they may not scourge us literally, but they, right, keep us from what God um, wants for us, right? The slavish mentality, rest is for Pharaoh and his nobles, right? Rest is for those people who have power. Rest is for the taskmasters, right? But God made a statement. He sent Moses and the ten plagues, and then he overwhelmed these taskmasters. He drowned all the slave drivers uh, in the Red Sea to give the Israelites freedom. Yes, we work. I'm not saying that we don't have work ethic, that we don't apply ourselves, we don't you know, discharge our responsibilities. Work, work hard, but you are not a slave to your work. Work is not the most important thing. It doesn't define you. It doesn't make you who you are. It doesn't give you extra dignity or elevate you to be like a greater human being. God does that, right? And work is a means by which we try to glorify God, right? A means by which we try to serve God, a means by which we try to um, share his message, share his gospel. Uh, share his love uh, with other people, right? So to refuse the Sabbath, to act seven days as if my life depended on it, is to spurn the gift of freedom. Rest, it turns out, is an accompanying gift of liberty. To fail to engage in Sabbath rest is to resume willingly what 
we once, one time or another, cried out to God, please take away this burden. Take away these slave drivers. And now that we're free, we end up inviting them back to take control over us. Slaves don't rest. Slaves can't rest. Slaves won't rest. So when we who are free don't rest, it's very possible that we are uh, assuming or resuming slavish conditions. So Apostle Paul uh, freshly puts it in Galatians, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Paul's saying the same thing. By requiring one day per week to rest and trust, God was giving us concrete boundaries. But our greed and our possessiveness, they're never really satisfied. We don't sit easy if we aren't being compelled by someone or something. So it's easy to submit to taskmasters of our own creation, right? Even though God, like I said, disposed of the entire Egyptian army, we find new ones to tell us what to do. Right? We submit to their authority. And Boy, do some taskmasters um, uh, pretty much kill us, right? During the workday, even at home, even in the middle of Sabbath, in the, even in the middle of worship, we're not restful. Right? We're thinking about everything. The taskmasters' voices are in our, in our heads. You got to do this. This is left undone. If you don't do this, we, we feel this pressure. We feel this uh, anxiety and, and angst. It tells us, these voices tell us we dare not rest. We should not rest. We cannot rest. Taskmasters despise rest, pressuring us psychologically until we are driven to obey them. It doesn't sound like a very meaningful life, right? An enjoyable life. Uh, Paul again in Galatians, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not God's. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Or as Peter says in 2 Peter 2, addressing uh, getting enslaved to worldly depravity, he quotes the Proverbs, a dog returns to its vomit, a sow that is washed, returns to her wallowing in the mud. God made us more than a dog that returns to vomit, more than a pig that goes back to wallow in the mud after being washed. Right? He set us free. Right? And that an emblem of that freedom, a reminder of that freedom, uh, the, the, uh, the re re repetitive and the always accessible blessing of that freedom, at least every seven days, is the Sabbath. God continues to remind us that you and I have an inescapable need for rest, right? And some people say, okay, I'm going to rest when I'm, I, I finish this, when I'm kind of, I've gotten to where I need to go, right? So give me a month, give me a year, give me five years, give me 10 years. That's when I'll rest. That's when I'll worship God. That's when I'll really serve God. But the truth of the matter is, right, is that, we're never finished, right? You finish one thing, right? And then you'll like look for something else. It's, you know, we're like um, insatiable when it comes to accomplishment, when it comes to satisfaction, you know, contentment. You have to make yourself content. 
It doesn't just kind of float around and, and you arrive at that. Uh, even if you are wildly um, successful, right? And even if you finish a project, there's always, even within that task, there's perfection that's elusive, right? Like, you know, a sermon can is never done. Like I could revise it and re-prepare it and, and fix it and, and lengthen it and shorten it. Right? Uh, so many, like endless times, I think. Uh, it's never done. So Sabbath and God's rest is never a reward for finishing. It's just a, a sheer gift, right? It's a work stoppage. It's, a, it's God saying, okay, break time. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like stressed. Right? Feel free, feel blessed that smack dab in the middle of our work, without apology, without guilt, uh, for no better reason than God told us that we could. That's kind of the Sabbath logic, right? Both in the Exodus sense and also the Deuteronomy sense, right? Notice that um, actually in both versions as well, the command is not only for us individually, right? Both renderings specify that rest should be granted to children in the household. Yay, children, right? Servants, animals, a burden, even the foreigner, yay, immigrants, uh, in their midst. This blessing should be distributed and shared. It's not for us to, me personally, oh, I took a break, or I went on vacation, oh, I, got, I did Sabbath, right? Where you're driving everybody else, you know, around you. A proper Sabbath is enjoyed by all, who we, who we have influence, impact, relationship with, right? So I, I want to say it this way, right? Uh, Sabbath logic teaches us that we, not, that we help um, all who are under us to learn who is over us. Right. That's that's. If you can teach that to your kids, if you can teach that to your to to the people that you supervise, if you teach that to, uh, you know, your neighbors, that, um, you know, Sabbath is my way of saying, you know, I trust God. God reigns. That is, uh, I think, a powerful testimonies. Um, so let's uh, sum up. God commanded. Uh, that we keep the Sabbath holy for our own good. The Sabbath was made for humanity, not humanity for Sabbath, right? Jesus tells us. So we need rest. Uh, we need to be reminded again and again that we need rest. The Sabbath logic of Exodus right, calls us to learn from God why we need the Sabbath. The Sabbath logic of Deuteronomy tells us that we need Sabbath so that we will never be slaves Again, the former teaches us that we are God's glorious creation, and the latter reminds us that we are not to be owned by any human or institutional hand, even our own ambition and uh, fear. Okay, let's pray. Uh, I'd like to, how much, how much time do we have? Oh, okay, maybe just a couple minutes. I kind of want to do a practical reflection time, not just prayer, but on your phones, right? Or, you know, maybe the one person out of all of us that's actually writing something down. Uh, in this reflection time for a couple minutes, um, plan a Sabbath. 
okay, write down what day it's going to be, okay, within, let's say, the next two weeks. Pick a day, give it a date, you know, uh, Saturday, um, November 20th, right, if that's the day, right, and, 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 and think about, like, what you need to learn, like, especially via Exodus or via Deuteronomy, and, and kind of maybe even if you get this far, or you don't have to just finish it now, but if you get this far, write down who those taskmasters that you need to kind of like push into the Red Sea are <laughs> for at least that day. Uh, you know, don't just kind of randomly, or if you happen to, you know, fall upon that, you know, plan it, deliberate, okay, commit it, dedicate, like that's what holiness is, right? Lord, that day is going to be you, you, just you and me. So let's do that in a time of uh, reflection.